Woe to you, Christ says. Christ condemns whole cities, great ancient cities, for their lack of faith because they did not believe in him, even though he did miracles there. They did not do penitence. Jesus began to reproach the towns where most of his miracles had been done since they had not repented, the scripture says. The purpose of Christ's miracles and his preaching is a life of penitence, to turn to the Lord for mercy. And to do that once and then to continue to turn to the Lord for mercy. The purpose of Christ's miracles and his preaching is conversion, that people turn to God with their whole hearts. Holiness of life is the purpose of Christ coming to the earth. That we would have, that one man would be holy as God alone is holy. And one woman, he came through, he made the perfect woman in order to come to our earth. The immaculate, immaculata. And he, being the perfect God, is perfect man. And every man that is united to Christ is sanctified by him and made holy as only God is holy. This is the purpose of our life, to be like God on the earth, to glorify God with our bodies. So the purpose of Christ's miracles and his preaching is that men change their life and become like God. Generous, divinely generous. He didn't come for our entertainment, nor, nor did he come so that we might have a hobby. Religion, true religion, is not something you do to pass the time, to simply pass the time, or for pleasure, but because you like it or for self-improvement, even. It does improve you, but that's not, the re- that's not the primary purpose of religion. True religion, faith, is God, is the, is the work of God. It's God going out of himself, leaving his throne in heaven, and spending everything he has. He emptied himself. His tremendous wealth, his miracles, his wisdom, his goodness, his truth and his love, his healing power for you. He comes to give himself. He gave you everything when you had nothing. And faith is simply loyal cooperation with that divine action. It's corroboration, to corroborate with him. The great and mighty Lord has reduced himself to wash your feet as your servant to elicit some divine sentiments of service from you, from your heart. You should want to acknowledge him and and honor him and worship him for his greatness toward you. Gratitude, and Sodom, Sodom didn't do that. And, and we as a, as a nation, as a people, don't do that. 
It's great to hear of Sodom in the Gospels because we are living in Sodom, friends. If you don't know that, your head is in the sand at best. Or you're just plain without a clue about what's going on in the world and what the gospel says. It's good also to have this Mass in honor of St. Henry of Bavaria on this day. He was a great, he was one of the great Bavarian kings. There were a number of them. And he was in the, the dark age of the church. There were a hundred years when the papacy was completely corrupt. And he was in the heart of it. The beginning of the 11th century. Early of the ten, early 10 hundreds. Great ruler of the world. When the rulers of the world and even of the church were, were, were worse than Sodom. This, it's, it's great that the gospel is preached in every age and in every land because it has application. It certainly had application in, in St. Henry's day when it was read. And it, it certainly has application in, in the, metropolitan, the New York metropolitan area in 2021. I remember when I was just a young priest, when I didn't have, when I didn't have gray hair, and I had hair, and I had a lot of nice curly hair, nice brown curly hair. I used to hate my curly hair. Now I, I would love it. But in any case, the, um, I was in my first parish, St. Joseph of the Palisades, not too far from here. And there was a, a bishop there, Bishop um, David Arias, who was kind to me. And um, I was there a few years. And, um, and, he, uh, and I wasn't there a couple of, I wasn't there two months. Fresh priest over two decades ago. And, and, the, and he said to me, he said, I have a letter here. He showed me the letter. He had a, and he said, they, um, they said you preached about sodomy. I said, yeah, the reading was about Sodom and Gomorrah being destroyed by God. And I said, I couldn't ignore it. I, I, he, he said, uh, I said, uh, what do you want me to do about it? He said, I don't know. I said, okay, have a good day. <laughs> and I've been preaching against it ever since. It was a kind of subtle warning, see. A smart kid will hear that and say, okay, I'm, I don't, you don't talk about that. Not this one. I'm done. I'm done. Tear out my tongue. As long as men are perverse, this man, if God gives me the spittle, I'll continue to condemn it as Christ himself condemned it. We follow the Lord. We don't follow the opinions of men. Christ condemned those wicked cities because they did not re receive him. And, and faith is expressed, what I was saying is that faith is expressed in gratitude. Gratitude is at the origin of faith. It is, faith is expressed in acts of generous love. You have to give it. You have to give generously what you've received. You can't hoard it for yourself. You can't keep quiet the truth that you know. And in Sodom especially, you've got to run for the hills. The only ones that you remember in Sodom, the only family that was saved was the family that ran for the hills, the family of Lot. And not even the whole family because the, the wife liked it too much. She looked back and there she stands, a pillar of salt. Those who are, oh, you know where, they, you know where Sodom is today? 
The, the historians, the archaeologists know for a fact where Sodom is. It's the Dead Sea. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pit. It's the lowest place on the planet Earth, and a pit of salt. Nothing can grow there. Those who are unfaithful are the greatest ingrates. The truly and most generous persons are those who live out of gratefulness. Those who are generous and merciful because of the great mercy they know they have received and continually need from the hand of God because of the miracles done in them from Christ.